0: Alright, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host as always Dylan Hodge, but you guys already know that I am on Instagram and I'm on Twitter at I Am Mr. Dylan Hodge. You can go follow the podcast on Instagram at the Hodge Podcast. All those things may change here in the next few months. We're making some changes on social media and we're making some changes with the audio and with the video here on the podcast. So I hope you guys will listen to that and and we'll just bear with us as we're trying to work through some stumps. And we're trying to work through some forests here. And we're trying to make our path way steady and straightforward. If you're listening on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, please rate us a five-star and then write a little review. that helps us grow on the podcast spectrum. That'd be greatly appreciative. I ask every week and I'm getting tired of asking people. Tired and tired of asking. Um, we have a tropical depression hitting here in the next, um, sometime this afternoon, it looks like. So I'm trying to get this done here on Friday afternoon. I'm doing this Friday the 18th at like 4 o'clock. And so I just got done watching um, a movie, and I'm going to review that at the very end of the podcast at the, after the interview and all that stuff there. So stick around for that. Um, and, and you're going to hear the review for the new Kevin Hart Netflix movie, Fatherhood. I may or may not have cried in this movie, but you're gonna figure on that out too. So, I was gonna had a list of things to talk about here on the podcast, but I think on this interview, uh, not really an interview, but this chat that I had, we kind of hit all the boxes, and so there's no need to say it and then go back in because I just recorded this um, on Friday as well, the 18th. You heard this. We recorded around 10 o'clock in the morning, and I got it all up and. Programmed and here we are you're listening to it on Monday the 21st so without further ado let's talk about the guest for today so on the guest is a comedian Brendan Irie this guy is on New York's top up and coming comics he's appeared on late night with Seth Meyers Adam Devine's house party on Comedy Central Gotham Comedy Live on Access TV and Red Eye on Fox News he is the coast of Rad Dudecast Podcast with Anthony DeVito and Greg Stone. That has ended last month, and you're going to hear him talk about that as well on the podcast. So we kind of talk about a little bit of everything. We talk about the Floyd and and, 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 and the Floyd Mayweather and the Lo- Logan or Jake Paul, whoever fought there, the Jake Paul fight. We give our thoughts on the Chrissy Teigen situation, things comedians can say that the world just can't say or can't get with the program about saying are lunch bowls really lunch we also chat about the royal family how they're actually a racist family because <laughs> they've got all the diamonds they got all the jewelry and of course they it on 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 Ma- uh, Meghan markle so he also talks and chats openly about opening for burt crasher and bob saget casey and colin jost and the Impractical Jokers, how we saw Sal when Sal was, before he was coming up, when he was just a regular bartender there. He had a writing gig for Sony as a hidden camera gag for the NFL. You can hear that. And how the punked camera people said punked was a fake show. All that and more, right here, right now. Here's my good friend, Brendan Irie on the HodgePodge Podcast. We are sponsored by Ray's Energy. Powered by the Enhanced Refresh technology, Raise Energy delivers with a performance-enhancing energy drink that aids in the most often overlooked categories. Raise Energy targets focus, enhances your recovery time, improves clean energy levels, and boosts your stamina and hydration. Most importantly, each single can of Raise Energy has absolutely zero calories, zero sugar, and zero carbohydrates, which that gives you a smarter and more healthier option. You should not have to settle for an energy drink that contains more sugar and carbs than you can count. Opt for the number one fan-voted energy drink on the market today with Ray's Energy. If you want to get yourself a can of Ray's Energy, go to repsports.com, R-E-P-P, sports.com. Use my promo code HPP1000, HPP1000 at checkout and you will receive a generous discount. Glad we finally got you on.
1: Oh, man, I'm excited to do it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man, thanks for for actually doing it because, you know, I have a big passion for stand-up comedy, and it's one of my loves of my life. and, And to have a comedian on, well, you're not the first, but to have someone on that actually has some... Willpower behind them because you've been on like Comedy Central and stuff like that, so I mean that's that's kind of a big deal in terms of comedy, especially with because you're on like Seth Meyers and stuff like that. So I mean that's kind of that's kind of a big deal in stand-up world. It may not mean a lot to a lot of people, but that's kind of you know a start of you know getting it somewhere.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it was uh, just super grateful that I was uh, had had the opportunity to to do some tv it's a it, it's an interesting world man like yeah things have changed a little bit you know like it's not yeah. like back in the day you went on carson once and 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 you that you was had it. a career right you right know? and now it's like i mean honestly my comedy has probably been what a thousand times more on TikTok than it has been on on any time I've been on TV, you know. Which is, it's just, it's a changing landscape, and not that I'm not grateful for those opportunities to be on TV, but um, it's just a, it's a different thing, you know.
0: And I think
1: the new age
0: is because at one time it was YouTube, then it was podcast, now it's TikTok. Like you know, it's just, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's 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 interesting. And like, you know, pot certain podcasts and, and YouTube, they still um, they're still pretty powerful. But it's like it's like Instagram, uh, podcasts, YouTube and TikTok like those things sell tickets, you know, they put butts in the seats if you're if you're big on them. So it's really um, a lot of guys have kind of realized like they don't need the industry as much they don't need that hbo special or whatever it might be now those are still all those things are still an honor and you know most people would not turn them down but you, it, it's not like the old days where that was really the only way you were right. going to get widespread eyes on your comedy you know um right. so yeah it's, it's interesting trying to adjust to that man because i'm not i'm not good at social media and i don't like social media so yeah. like trying to live in that world is is a little tough um but uh yeah it was working out all right and the your point where you were like
0: it, it is crazy because you know people would kill for an hbo special now or, or not even hbo netflix you know i think a lot of right. people will get found on netflix but the thing is like you said back in the 70s 80s if you didn't make it on saturday night live then you weren't funny enough to be a comedian you know and i right it's different these days because anybody because now i find it with youtube like you can put up your own 30 minute special yourself you know fund it whatever you want to do and then if it lands in the right spot then where are you going to be in that you know the the next special you do
1: yeah and it's i mean it's uh, there's like there's pluses and minuses to it, right? There's yeah. pros and cons like everything else because you get some of these guys that are, you know, just uh, YouTube stars, just behemoths with huge followings. They can't do an hour of standup, but they can sell the tickets. So, yeah. you know, basically you get a crowd that's a little disappointed because they go to see this person they love and it's like they haven't really put in the work to, to learn how to, you know, they're great at the short form YouTube, whatever they do, but they're not necessarily ready to, 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 to headline a comedy show, you know, which so so there's, there's pros and cons to it. But you know what's crazy sure. about
0: that when you said that you couldn't even do like an hour stand up show on Netflix, or, or wherever. It's crazy, because if i'm not an audience i'll still be upset if like this stand-up is not as great as the last one or if it's not fun. because like kevin james and rob schneider they did one probably two years apart and they were like 30 minutes apiece, and the last 30 minutes was getting questions from the audience or singing a song with their daughter and i was like what are we doing you don't even you had you you you, you signed a contract for an hour but you don't have an hour worth of content why would you even do that? If you know, it's just it's right. It's, it's like, but you know, people are gonna watch it, and you know, people are gonna buy tickets because that person is an a-lister. You know, it's it's
1: it's crazy. Right. And and I never like, I never get annoyed at someone who kind of like uses a comedy club as a venue, but delivers on on what the audience like expects of them. Sure. Like for instance. For instance, take Steve-O, right? Steve-O's a guy. He's not a comic. He's kind of a he's kind of a funny guy. But I've seen his show, and it's phenomenal. He gives the yeah. audience exactly what you'd expect from Steve-O, and that's what they bought the ticket for, you know? Like, he fucking squeezes a lemon in his eye. He staples some shit to his body. He does backflips. He tells all these, like, behind-the-scenes stories from Jackass, and it's like... Yeah, he's not trying to be a stand-up comic. He's using right. that venue to do what, what people would expect from Stevo, And, like, nobody's let down. after. Same thing with Mick Foley. Like, Mick Foley right. tours comedy clubs. But he basically sits down and uh, tells two hours of fascinating wrestling stories. And, right. like, that's the person who buys a Mick Foley ticket. That's what they want to see. So, like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's the guy's... Who kind of claim to be a stand-up that get on my nerves? Who say you're going to see stand-up comedy and it's like, no, you're not good enough. You 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 can't do that yet. You got to work. It takes years to to hone that craft.
0: You know, Stevo is is one of those that I don't necessarily I shouldn't say it, but kind of like I look up to in a entertainment facet because he took different entertainment spots and made it his own he did you know jackass and then it went to a podcast and then now what's he doing now he's doing stand-up with with a bunch of stunts and whatever else with it and yeah. that guy I've, I've never seen a stand-up but i have seen um just what he can do and i know his stand-up shows would probably be fantastic but that steve could not be a nicer guy I, i've never met the guy but i was trying to get him on my show and I got an email back, and it said, look, dude, can't do it, but I promise you good luck in the future. And it was like, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. And to me, that was like, I don't even have to have the guy on the show now. You know, <laughs> it kind of made your yeah. day, you know. And people like that are just those that I want to see succeed more.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I, I also, I've never met Steve-O, but, you know, just having worked, many of the same clubs that he's worked and you know, through the comedy Grapevine, you hear you hear about everyone. you kind of know everyone's reputation. And nobody has a bad word to say about Steve. Like he's just a, 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 you know, by all accounts just a, a hardworking, nice guy, which is um, that goes in my book that goes a long way, you know yep. like because I, 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 I get mad, not mad. I really have a disdain for people. That gets some degree of fame and become they let assholes. it go to their or, or head. right. Yeah. Or we're right. already assholes. Either way, it's right. like, I just think like, man, you gotta be like in this life, you, you gotta you gotta treat people well. Like that's kind of what it all comes down to, you know? Like if you oh treat people God. well, you're gonna be okay. You know what I mean? Like that-
0: Yeah. It's crazy because I was just having this conversation with uh, one of my friends, and you mentioned that. And I had this guy on, and I don't care, I don't like this dick, but uh, I had him on, his show had just started, it was Forrest Galante, his show had just started on like Nat Geo or whatever channel it was on, and I emailed yeah. the guy, I was like, hey, come on the show, He's like, cool, gave me a cool 30 minutes, that's when I first started, so I couldn't do hour and a half if I wanted to, <laughs> but right. he gave me a cool 30 minutes, and then, I don't know, maybe a year later, he got on Joe Rogan's show, and then... Sure couple of weeks after he was on the show, he had this massive find where this animal was actually alive and wasn't extinct. And so I messaged him. I was like, hey, guys, come on the show. I've actually gotten significantly more better. It's, it's on all these other different platforms now. It's on YouTube. We're actually more professional over here. And, you know, the dude had the nerve to tell me I was not big enough for his platform for him to do an interview on. And I was like, OK, I get you. I, you know, and I, I don't like pricks like that. I don't like people like that.
1: Well, here's what's interesting about that because, like, he's probably right, maybe, you know, like, sure, given whatever his right, a- right, agent's right. telling him. But you know what? Steve basically told you the same thing, and he did it with class and he did yes. it without demeaning exactly. you. I mean, because that's probably why Steve O didn't do your podcast, you know, honestly, right. as he right. probably said, this yep. is not big enough. Yep. But he felt no need to say this is not big enough. He wrote you an encouraging email or his people or whatever, you know, and was polite. And there's a way to do those things where it's like, look, I get it. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get, you know, uh, Rogan on my podcast. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get Dave Chappelle on my podcast, but like, there's a way to, you don't have to demean people in saying no, you know, like that's just a, that's a rude that's an arrogant way to say no, especially to a show you've done in the past. You know, yes, like that's yes. just, that's a jerk move. Like, uh, yeah, I don't I don't care for that.
0: No, I love getting these. And I'm pretty sure you do too when you ask people to do your podcast, which we'll talk about here in a few seconds. But I love getting rejected emails because that shows that at least they know your show exists. You know, at least right. it shows that they read the email and they're like, you know, we're going to pass, but maybe in the future, you know, I mean, I don't have the biggest following. You probably don't either, but once it it takes that one person. And I think I've had several, you know, I've had like a country music hall of famers on, and I've just had people that just taken chances on me because they were given a chance on them, you know? And I think,
1: right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: I I, kind of think that's in my mind. Like they're not thinking about that person that gave them that one chance. And it's just like, you know it, but yes it, well and there's all like in an interesting reject.
1: there's an interesting thing to it too like you know to give a little i guess look behind the curtain like i'm by no means famous you know nobody knows who i am <laughs> but like i have enough of a following that like sure. and i have a baby now and i'm a little Pickier with the podcasts I do just because so many, po- there's so many podcasts now, oh and they're you know, so, so many of them just are you know, it just doesn't lead to any kind of um, uh, it, it, it doesn't help, uh, it, it you, you just don't get out there through them that much. But like with you, uh, it was interesting because I didn't even bother to look up how big your podcast was. You kind of emailed me in a professional way. You, 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 you were really nice. And it, that, that kind of stuff goes a long way where you're just like, oh, it's not just some guy like hitting you up randomly on Twitter. Hey, do you want to do my podcast? You know, it was like, you told me a little bit about your podcast past guests. And it's like, okay, man, this guy's serious about what he does. Like, I don't care how big he is or how small he is. Like he's, he takes it serious. I want to do this podcast, you know? And that I I do think that kind of stuff goes a long way. That kind of, you know, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm in the business of being funny. And, uh, so I think sometimes people don't realize like, you do have to maintain a pretty high level of professionalism, like behind the scenes to, to, to su- succeed, it's especially if you're not famous, if you're like me right. and kind of having to gr- grind for everything, like you do have to. Um, so I, I, I saw that in you and kind of appreciated it. And that's why I'm, I'm glad to be on your show.
0: Well, I, thank you for those uh, kind words. Um, it, I think everybody that does a podcast one, if they're doing it to, to, to make it big, they've got a long ass way to come because it's not easy. Like, I'm not big well, what so, what, I mean, not even close. <laughs> like, it's crazy. And it's just, but then I've also seen people that are very passionate, like myself and like you, and what they're doing. And they're like, you know, like I've grinded to get um, some of, some of my favorite people on. And it's just, once you, I don't really consider it irritating. But once you ask enough, they're like, okay, this guy is very serious about what he's doing. Let's at least check it out and give him a chance.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 You have to, I mean, show business, any, any form of show business. Like, yeah. And this, this took me a while to get like, um, comfortable with like, but you have to, you have to be willing to ask for what you want because except for rare cases of of kind of people that shoot up to superstardom like nobody's just gonna hand you anything. you know what yeah, I mean like yep. this rare cases where you're you're sort of um in the right place at the right time. but other than that you got to ask for stuff and then you have to become you have to become okay with rejection like that and that took me a long time man because that shit used to really, Bother me, and I avoid asking for stuff because I just the rejection hurt. But then you realize, like, that's the business, man. Like, I mean, even big name Hollywood actors like get rejected from, oh yeah, you know, movies that they're up for. You know, it's not like everyone gets rejected in this business. It's just a matter of like, you only need a you only need a few yeses to really make it. You know, like it's not
0: like if you would have. If you, Brendan, if you would have went to the first club you played, and they were like, "No, I don't. We don't really see nothing in you, so we're not going to have you for the weak spot." If you stop going there and stop wanting to try, then they're not going to see the the potential and the possibility of, "Wow, this guy's really grinding it out for what he wants."
1: Right. Right. Yeah. You have. Yeah. You just you got to be persistent. If if if, I mean, I suppose like that's sort of goes for any job any profession but i think really in show business it's 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 especially important because there's such a such a the competition is so stiff you know what i mean there's so few spots for success that um yeah i just feel lucky to to be at the place where i'm at which is the place where i'm at is i'm by no means famous but like i've had a couple of good tv spots and i i, I make a decent living and like I more never more
0: before which which is a great thing you know it's like at least some people know me because that one person may know freaking jerry seinfeld you know and you never know you know it's one of those things it's just like if that one person knows because word of mouth is the biggest selling platform anywhere it's just like you know i don't if i read something i'm like "Eh, i may check it out but if one of my friends is telling me you gotta check this guy out Brittany, nairi he's fantastic he's fantastic i may listen to it there's a good chance that i will you know and and that's one thing that a lot of people don't understand is like okay we have to have these billboards we have to have this we have to have this and i'm like why because it makes you look professional that's a good thing to look professional but it's also a great thing to sound professional and make yourself worth something then they might not see
1: right right yeah yeah exactly i mean that that's how i make my living because i'm I'm not famous. So like the way I make my living is basically like for a headliner, I'm relatively low cost to the club, you know, compared to a big name, yeah. you know, and there's weeks of the year. They want a low cost guy. And then I'm reliable as hell. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to be a diva. I'm not going to show up late. I'm not going to fuck around. And then the audience I give I put on a good show, you know, and those three things like they're vital for me because i don't have that name recognition my putting my name on the on the marquee doesn't sell tickets so i have to deliver on all those other aspects of the you know the professionalism the doing a good job that's i mean i make my living on that and so it's uh you know it's an interesting thing um but yeah hopefully hopefully i'll get to that point where i I do sell tickets
0: i get you because i i'm mainly in the behind the scenes of, of music yeah. basically that's what i do and so i see a lot of people like you like you've been on tv like if you would have some of these country stars or pop singers have one spot on tv and there's let's just say there there is um minor league as you are let's, let's call it a minor league of, of the position you're in
1: right right
0: they would be like okay i have to have this here this here this here this here And if I'm five minutes late, that's fine with me because I'm a bigger star than you'll be because you're actually paying me to do it and stuff like that. But then I've seen people that are very genuine and very humble and they're like, you need me here at seven o'clock. I'll be here at 6.15. I don't need anything smaller. If you can't pay me, just pay me what you can. I'm not gonna hurt. And it's it's those people that are the most successful and, and, and do not forget where they come from besides, like you said earlier, the fame getting to their head.
1: Well, and that, I mean, that first example you gave of those people who get like to whatever level, say I'm at, you know, where you're, sure. you know, you're a headliner, you know, take it to country music or, or comedy or whatever it may be, but you're not, you're not selling a ton of tickets off your name, you know? <laughs> yeah. And if you, you take that first example of the guy who goes, fuck it, I'm, 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 uh, I I I've been on TV. I show up whenever I want. Well, guess what? There's a hundred other dudes who have been on TV, uh, who will show up on time. So, you know, they'll spit you out real quick, you know, like yeah. th- there's, yeah. there's a lot of guys that are, you know, in any, in any, uh, uh, entertainment profession, that, that can do it, you know, like, so they'll get rid of you in a heartbeat. If you are, uh, you know, it's like, guess what? You're not coming back next year. Cause, cause why would we get someone at, at your level who who's acts like a diva when there's 50 other guys at your level who don't, yeah. you know, like for the same, in the same price range, same amount of tickets sold. We have no need for you then if you're going to be a jerk. And then it's like, look, man, if you, if you, make it to that next level where you're selling out clubs, you're selling out everything you do. Well, I mean, I would hope you still have the same professionalism, but the truth is you do have more wiggle room because the right. clubs then they need you, you know, like they're, you, you are real. They, there aren't, there aren't a million guys that can replace.
0: And it's like, and I use that when you, when you said there's wiggle room, it's kind of like a child, like, cause I have a two-year-old yeah. nephew and it's like, yeah. They're gonna go and they're gonna test your patience. How far can they go? How far can they go before you say, no, nope, stop it?
1: Yeah. And I, I have a good friend, I won't say his name, but I have a good friend who is uh kind of recently become a really big name in stand up. And uh he was uh he was in Cleveland and uh he sold out all his shows. And the Sunday night show, he was like a little sick and just kind of worn down because he's been on the road for a while. And he just canceled the Sunday night show. And I think, I think like when you, it's good to take care of your body and take care of yourself, but like that's an example of like, I couldn't do that. You're like if I did that, I'd be screwing myself over with the club. A guy who sells out every show kind of has that privilege of being like, hey man, I'm sick. I'm not going to do this show, you know, like, and not to say like, look, if I'm, if I'm super sick in the hospital or some shit, the (laughs) clubs will understand. But if I'm just kind of hoarse and have a cold and feeling run down, I can't cancel that Sunday night show because I'm not at that level yet. And, uh, but, you know, you get to a certain level and you're kind of afforded those those luxuries where and I, I don't blame I don't blame the guy you got to take care of your voice you got to take care of your health like I don't blame him but it's just a difference in be- between, as you put it the minor leagues and the major leagues, you know, like, right. Because uh, if I do that they're going to find a guy who wouldn't cancel for next year, you know, sure. so like, it's just an interesting thing.
0: You said you, you mentioned that you had a kid do you see. Because are you, I watched the one video um, when you were on Adam Devine and you were doing the Lunchable bit. Now, yeah. you're, you're not. Are, are you considered? Do you consider yourself a dirty comedian? Like, are you if this, if that? Because if so, how do you do? You, do you picture yourself continuing that trend with with the daughter? That's always going to be like, I want to go see what dad's doing. You know, I want to see what he does for a living. Stuff like that.
1: I, I kind of have it. I kind of have an interesting. My comedy is interesting because like I wouldn't say I'm a dirty comedian, but I have a I have a chunk of, and I'm kind of moving away from that. But I there's a chunk of material on my album that's probably like probably like 15 or 17 minutes out of the 45 on my album. That's pretty dirty. You know, it's pretty, pretty dirty. And like, yeah. um, you know, I and. And if I'm recording something like for an album, I I clean stuff up a little bit, like in my j- just other jokes that don't need it. But it, it, just the way I grew up and the friends I grew up around, I I, I curse a lot. I say the f word a lot. Like it's just kind of how I grew up, and it never was like um, like my parents were so strict about a lot of things, but they were never strict about cursing for some reason. They were strict about like everything else, but I like I I I like cursing was never a big deal in, 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 in my family. So I kind of, that's the way I talk is, 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 is cursing. So, um, I, I think to answer your question, like, I mean, I'm hoping to kind of move my comedy towards, I never aim to be a squeaky clean comic, but I'm kind of hoping to, to, to move my comedy, um, more towards, um, you know, a, li- a little bit cleaner type stuff on my next album. We'll see, you know, I write what's funny to me. But in terms of my daughter, you know, I don't really worry about it. I more think of like how I'm going to be as a father, because yeah. in terms of my material, obviously, she'll be more curious, but I'm going to treat that as I treat anything else. Like, okay, you're eight years old, you can't watch Scarface, you know, like, sure. it's yeah. and that's, and that, like, I'll just treat my albums the same way. Like, Hey, you can't listen to this part, you know, like, and then once she's <laughs> a teenager, I don't, I don't really care. I just say, yeah, look, I talk about dirty stuff sometimes, you know, it's, it's jokes and it's, uh, I think you're, you're old enough to understand their jokes. And, um, you know, you'll, you, uh, my guess is like, she probably won't be all that interested. You know, a lot of times from what I, yeah. From from what I understand, like, you know, children of, of like musicians and comics and stuff. They're not that into, like I I recently heard that um, James Gandolfini's son, who's, who's playing, who's going to play a young James Gandolfini in the, um, there's a, there's a Sopranos um, prequel coming out. And I recently read he had never ever watched The Sopranos. He just didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so it's like, I think sometimes children of um, people in creative fields aren't, aren't all that interested in, cause they, you know, it's like, she's going to see me every day. What does she care what I, what I, what I say on my album? So we'll, we'll see. But I'm not, that's not something I'm too worried about.
0: You know, what's, what's very interesting to me, and I think a lot of people, including some of my friends, because, you know, like, like I said, I grew up with 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 stand-up comedy, so I kind of understand the humor in in every type of comedy. And it's weird because I will mention, like I was talking to my friend the other day, and he sent me a picture of this girl, yada, yada, and I said, I don't know that bitch. Not, not calling her a bitch, but just saying, I don't know that chick, I don't know, and it was like, the the things you can say in comedy that are different versus the real world is really strange. Like you can go up on stage and you can say "faggot" or "retard" and it not mean anything because the work – it's just just it's, it's it's two different types of thing. It's like, a, it's like yeah, but I,
1: I think that's really changed. Like really? I, I don't I don't think you can anymore. Like I mean certain guys might get away with it but okay. like and and you could do it like in a club maybe if you weren't being recorded but man it, it's just and uh for me that's never a problem because i don't really say that yeah, stuff i don't like, either you but, know yeah. any but like but it it definitely has changed to a degree where like okay. man get guys get a lot of shit for that kind of stuff like you'll R- unless you're re- really big yeah yeah that's not wow. really it doesn't fly so it much It must have anymore. changed in the
0: last couple of years then because I, I don't know who this guy, I can't, his name was blanking on me, but he was talking about, like, he was in a, um, he was performing in a Coliseum and he was mentioning, you know, retards and all that. It was getting this big laugh, and I'm like, wow. So it really is different, but yeah. Well, it
1: depends. It depends who you are too. I mean, like it depends who you are and where you are. Right. Like it depends on the audience. It depends on like, like you go to New York city where I kind of, where I kind of really cut my teeth as a comic, you know, I was there for 12 years. You can't say that shit, man. You will be in a a blog post or you will be, you know, you will be uh, in some, on some shit. You just can't do it. And um, but like, you know, if I'm in the Looney bin in Little Rock, Arkansas, I probably could if I wanted. To. I don't want to, but I, I probably could with no repercussions, you know. And there's certain comics who are who are beyond sort of being. They're beyond kind of repercussions for that, you know, like Louis C.K. used to say faggot pretty regularly, you know, right. and like it, with 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 not very, very many consequences, um, for that. I mean, he obviously dealt sure. with consequences for other stuff, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, I kind of, I kind of feel lucky in a way that I don't just, I don't even have to worry about it. Cause right. like, I just, my writing just doesn't steer that way. Sure. You know, it's like, so I'm, I'm, I'm in a position where like, I, it's just, it's just not in my realm doesn't matter to me because i i um and i you know depending on like depending on the joke like you know i'm almost always against i always not not against i almost always don't like a joke that's just using words like that mm-hmm. Just as the punchline, you know what I mean? Like just a, a discriminatory discriminatory word. That's that I can't pronounce that right. But just as the punchline. But like if you do it cleverly, then I I'm like okay that he's saying something. He's making a statement or like do you know he's doing it in a way that it's not just like this guy's a faggot. You know where it's like that's sure. kind of a lazy punchline. You know like sure. but um yeah it's weird because you get all this stuff now you get all these comics like that are like call themselves like first amendment comics, you know, like I say, whatever I want, like I'm a first amendment. And it's like that. You don't understand the first amendment, man. The first amendment just means the government can't put you in jail for what you say. <laughs> like, yeah. like it, it doesn't say shit about a comedy club can not hire you. A television show cannot hire you uh, uh, well, getting
0: uh, knocked out uh, outside the comic club
1: yeah yeah exactly like that that's not what the first amendment is about so it's like i mean i'm all for guys pushing the boundaries and sometimes i think we're in a time when things are a little too sensitive but at the same time you watch some shit from the 80s and stuff and you're just like wow this was fucking brutally racist or brutally homophobic and like maybe we do need of readjustment maybe maybe we're over adjusting to make up for that and that's like that's fine by me but i yeah i i mostly i kind of stay out of all that all those comedy like are there's so many arguments among comics and shit about what's okay and what's not okay and i'm like uh, for me it's like man i'll let the fans decide that i'll just do my own shit like i'll let the fans and the bookers and the television producers they can decide that for someone else i'm just going to do my own shit and when it comes to list, i don't i don't i don't listen to a lot of comedy anymore but if i do i just listen to who i like so it's like it's just kind of a non issue in my life you know like um and the guys that do do that stuff it's like there's a you know there's there's an audience for them you know like so it's it's not like it's like yeah you're not going to get on SNL anymore like if you have stuff like that you know but but like there's still going to be an audience you know for better or for worse so I just really I just don't give that much of a shit about it you know it's like kind of just stay in my own lane
0: Chrissy Teigen kind of effed up the other day huh you seen all that stuff with Chrissy Teigen
1: yeah what was crazy about that to me i saw that stuff and i normally don't see that much stuff but i was kind of curious because like my, yeah. my lady said something about it what was crazy about that to me is like it actually made me think it made me think something was wrong with her like it wasn't just like it was and she made this apology where she said i was just being a troll flat out like and it's like but it made me think she was like suffering from something because it wasn't just trolling it was like literally everyone she would say like you should be dead or like go kill yourself or like you should be in a dirt nap and it's like whoa dude what what's going on in your life that you're just like well she did random people she did lose that baby Right, but this was this all happened before that. This oh, all really? Happened, okay, like, okay, usually. I didn't. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, and it's like it made me think, like, oh man, like you must be going through some mental stuff because that's that's not like regular trolling where you're just like you suck or like you're fat. It's like you're wishing death upon people. Like I, I'm worried about your life, you know. Like,
0: well, and um, then here's here's the thing that gets me about her is she made a stance against bullying, and it's like well how does that reflect her, her look now you know because yeah. she was going through something or not she was still in the eyes of media
1: bullying and you know you know it, right. it, it, it's 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 nuts well i think that's it's an interesting thing that like and people man i think people like a lot of people don't understand this and like i i wasn't at all shocked or didn't much care one way or the other about Chrissy Teigen because what I think a lot of people don't understand about these people in the in in the public eye is like you don't fucking know them all you know is what they choose to present like you and so I think everyone has this idea that like they know celebrities because people are so open now and they have instagrams and they uh, you know they have reality shows it's like no you don't know them that's not real they're just showing you what they want to show you don't know them as a person they might it's be a terrible. great person they might be a terrible person you just don't know because they the nobody is going to show you their true self via their celebrity life you know right. like and so it's like you can't you can't really you can't assume any of these people are good people until they've really shown that, you know? And it's like, I just don't care one way or another because I'm like, yeah, there's plenty of assholes in the world. A lot of them aren't famous. Like, I don't, you know, there's tons of trolls on the internet that are being shitty, that are telling people to go die that aren't Chrissy Teigen, that are just some dude in his basement. Like, I don't, I don't care either way. Like, you know, it's just, it's all yeah. bullshit. It's all dumb bullshit to me. Like, I'm, it's just, I, it almost like makes me mad it's this is an ongoing like media cycle of like Chrissy Teigen did this now Chrissy Teigen apologized, now Chrissy Teigen's gonna get help now Chrissy Teigen's a hero and it's like who gives a shit man she's just a model like fucking move on you know like not a very who pretty who cares model. I think she's hot but I'm I got weird
0: taste <laughs> okay
1: But by the way, I should say this. I should say this. This is interesting. John Legend. um, So there used to be uh, when I first moved to New York, there was there were two open mics a night at this place called Eastville Comedy Club that uh, at the time was in the East Village. And it was right near uh, where. Chrissy Teigen and John Legend lived and you'd have to get there really early to get on the sign up sheet so there'd just be a bunch of you know dirty scruffy open micers hanging out on this stoop waiting for the club to open and John Legend would walk his dog by almost every time and he would stop he knew we were performers waiting to like, he would stop and like chat and be so nice and like encouraging. So it's interesting cause it, he is a guy who like, oh, I have real life experience of him being a good person. So it's interesting to me that they were together. Cause it's like, oh, I actually have a real life example of him being like a good guy. Like most people, celebrities are not celebrities that have absolutely zero interest in stopping to talk to a group of, of, of crappy open micers, you know, and he would stop and kind of like, you know, be like, Oh, that's awesome. When's it start? How you guys doing? Like, have, have a good show tonight. Like, you know, and it, it, it was cool. So that's weird to me that like they're married and he seems to be a great guy. So, you know, who, who knows, who knows what she was going through. I mean, I, I just don't care.
0: I don't either, but you know it's it's all over the place so you you kind of like can't ignore it when you're when you're scrolling exactly. through whatever right. and you're just like but i think the big difference between a celebrity or chris or chrissy teigen in this matter besides a, a kid in the basement is people looked at chrissy teigen as a hero and they just see that sure. kid in the basement as a kid in the basement
1: <laughs> well and absolutely and chrissy teigen chrissy teigen has a platform you know people she's got right. you know you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. So, yeah, it's I I think I think my point is more just like, yeah, I don't see it as any different. It's like just because you're famous, I don't I don't expect you. I don't have this expectation that you're a good person because you're famous. Like you just as easily could be uh, the attitude of one of these basement trolls, but be famous The what what the the other thing that like I thought was sort of ridiculous because I just I think, I think like there's so much like real news in the world that I just get like irritated with with like the hoopla over uh, stuff. I think is just bullshit, like fluff, kind of like stupid. Like, like um, obviously racism is a is a is a real and important thing, but like when uh when megan merkel is that how you say her last name megan markle
0: right
1: megan markle when she came out and and kind of revealed that the racism she experienced at the hands of the royal family it just dominated the news for like three or four weeks and i'm like did anyone think that this family of inbred billionaires wasn't racist. Of course they're racist. Like they haven't, they probably never met a black guy. Like, why is this news? Who gives a shit? They're antiquated. They're obsolete fucking mechanism that they don't even do they just go around and look at stuff they don't even have jobs so it's like uh, it's just it's funny to me what becomes what we become what we put importance on and i i I understand the british people like love their monarchy and are are so but to me it's like yeah no shit they're racist they're they're they're, they have a room full of jewels that's like a villainous thing like they (laughs) they play polo you have to own two horses to even get invited. Like, yeah, they don't like. Like, they fucking they got rid of Diana because she wanted to go outside more. It's like, yeah, no shit. They don't want a black woman there. They're 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 they're, they're relics, See, you know. And it's I like, did not know. I did not know she was black or
0: or biracial. I just, I just thought she looked like a dark a, a tan complected lady. Like, I swear you, I didn't think. And then I was like, yeah, she what is all this look. hate about? Yeah. And then I, well, she's black, yeah. and I'm like, really. Like it was kind of like, um, yeah. like Nicole Richie. I was like, "Wow, her dad's yeah. Lionel Richie. She did not even look, you know." <laughs> right.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 She should have just told the Queen that. No, I'm just tan. Maybe it was. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> that would have gone over better.
0: But do you think? I was just. I just
1: came back from vacation. Sorry. Yeah.
0: You mentioned Diana, and they're getting rid of her. That's a big conspiracy theory. Do you believe that they? got rid of her? Or do you think she actually really did I die think in
1: they, car, Well, I think they I think they certainly got rid of her as a family in terms of the divorce, right? I okay. Think that was a family pushing her out. Now, if you had asked me 10 years ago, do I think they killed her? I would have said, absolutely not. But I've become more and more cynical when it comes to like <laughs> we the, uh, all? the elite of the world. And yeah. so I think- I think if you put a gun to my head and said I had to guess right, I'd say they probably didn't kill her. But if I found out for a fact that they did, I wouldn't be shocked. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I, I, right. I, I, I would say probably not. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't put anything past some of these people. You know, I mean, uh, so there's a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Behind the British royal family, and they do not want to be embarrassed or loo- lose their status. Cause the thing is, if the people turn on, they don't do anything anymore, really. You, they they, yeah. they don't. They're 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 it's all ceremonial, right? So if the people of England turn on them that's it for them. They're gone. Like, cause there's no need for them to be there. They're just a fucking, you know, the queen technically like has a say in parliament, but, and, and meets with the prime minister, but they don't do shit really. Like the only they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. the guy I really, the guy I really respect is Harry. Cause Harry for all, for all that he fucked up when he was younger with like drugs and whatever Harry actually served in, in Afghanistan and not just in a fucking, uh, ceremonial fashion he served in a combat unit so he's the guy i have respect for because he and then someone leaked it and he had to go home because that puts his whole unit in danger because it's like obviously if you have the the prince in your unit you're a you become a target so someone leaked that fact and he went home that's crazy because
0: you know harry was all was on all these drugs and stuff like that and we look at him as this higher arc you know but then yeah and don't murder me don't say anything like or, or, it doesn't matter but when biden got into the white house it's hell on earth for his son because his son was on drugs <laughs> yeah i sure yeah, sure, yeah. That, well sure, but there I were mean, some other things sure but it's, it's mostly the drugs and it's just like but you look we got prince harry here that was smoking all kinds of shit and right
1: you know yeah it's interesting i mean i think I think that kind of shows you the difference between the, yeah. it, that's what the, the monarchy, it doesn't matter. Like they don't do much like, and then, you know, and, and look, man, I'm i I'm a liberal guy, but I'll, I'll be the first to admit, uh, and I, and I like Joe Biden, but I'll be the first to admit, uh, you know, uh, Biden's son has had, some, has done, has had some shady, Jobs, You know, like, and I don't know that it's really like, you know, they want to dig into it and all this stuff. I don't think it's anything more than just like, hey, let's give the vice president's son a good high paying consultancy so we can try and get closer to the vice president, which I don't think is really illegal. It's just shady. But it's like, yeah, Yeah. he's done a lot of shit. But I'm kind of of the um, opinion That you don't make it to the highest levels of American politics without being shady. I think. I think pretty much. I think pretty much. uh, I I think pretty much left or right. Every president uh, in the in the past fifty years has probably committed some some form of crime (laughs) or or, or problem. So, you know, I I I don't I don't really I don't really expect. that much from our right. from our leaders, because yeah. uh, yeah. I think it's, you know, I think it's uh, kind of by nature uh, a, a, a job you got to be a little shady to make it to the top of, you know, it's just um, the system is set up that way where you need you need money to get elected. And, and you can't get enough money just from people donating. So you got to get money from these big, whatever you call them, these big donate super PACs or whatever they are. And then all of a sudden you owe them, you know, you owe them a favor. And it's like, you know, it's a, it's a grift, man. The whole thing's a fucking, you know, bit of a scam, but I still, I still, I mean, I like, I like Biden. I liked Obama. Like I'm, I'm still a liberal guy, but I, I don't, I don't, as opposed to some like liberals, I don't have like uh, I'm not blind to the fact that those guys are probably just as corrupt as the other guy. You yeah. know, like I yeah. I, I, I yeah. think I think there's I, I kind of have a bit of a cynical outlook on that whole thing. What about your thought? I want to hear your thoughts on the Mayweather and Paul fight because that
0: that also took over social media for. What about a good 24 hours after the fight?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting. Here's the thing. Here's my here's my thoughts. On, well, first of all, I just wish Mayweather would have beat the shit out of him. Yeah. I mean, Mayweather okay. won, but I wish Mayweather would have knocked you him out. Do you think it was and rigged? I, because now, I now think
0: you, you, you said that you wanted him to knock him out. He did knock him out, but caught him and and held
1: him up. Right. What, what I think is, this is what I think. I think okay. it was an, an, because it was not an officially sanctioned fight. Right. I think Mayweather is a showman. He knows boxing. He knows the promotion game inside and out. And I think he kn- knew a fight that went the distance would be better probably for, for, for both of them and maybe setting up a rematch. Um, I also think Jake, Uh, or whichever paul it was logan or jake i can't tell the fucking difference uh uh, that's a big dude and and you know Floyd, floyd mayweather is fighting a guy way outside of his weight class and floyd mayweather has never really had knockout power uh even in his weight class so um so you know, it doesn't surprise me that much and i'm I'm not one of these guys. I guess I'm not a a boxing purist, so I'm not one of these guys like, "Oh, it ruined boxing you know i yeah. don't i I think like it's like, look, man, enough people want to see it and and wanted to pay for it, and here's two guys trying to make some money off of it i Who am I to tell them not to you know i kind- i I kinda wish. Floyd would have not done it. I kind of wish Floyd would have been happy with the hundreds of millions that he already has and, and kind of kept his legacy intact. But I also, I get it, man. It's like, if if you, if if an easy, you know, I don't know what he made, but if an easy like $80 million paycheck is put right in front of you, I'm not going to blame a guy for not turning it down, you know, like that's, yeah. uh, it, it's, uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't love it. I don't think it's, uh, it's not something I'm interested in. But I also, I'm not one of these guys that's like, "Where's the fucking purity?" And it's like, there's yeah, no purity I, in boxing. <laughs> I commend, I commend the Paul brothers because
0: they both box. They do pretty well because they went from YouTube to expanding their horizons, and they're just as big, making this big budget money, jumping in fights, and getting their butt
1: kicked, as as well as, yeah. you know. Well, here's the thing. I I, uh, I hate them uh, because I hate I hate I hate their comedy. I hate yeah, what I they stand too. for in I comedy. Um, but I will commend them. They are not just out there fucking around. They right? they take it seriously. They train hard. You know they like by all accounts they're 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 decent boxers. You know. So like I I, I will commend them that they're not just out there. It, it, taking it as a, uh, lark, you know, they, they, they do train hard. They have tried to make themselves into boxers. Now I feel like if either of them goes up against a boxer in their own weight class in their prime, they're going to get eaten alive. You know, like that's, yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think you can become, uh, uh, an elite boxer in the level of time they've been training. So, but uh, you know, as much as I dislike their comedy, I don't know them personally. I, uh, I do commend them for, do they train their asses off that, that much is clear. And like I said, man, I don't just knowing show business and knowing how things are. I never, I never will get mad at a guy unless they're doing something that hurts other people. I'm never going to get mad at someone for, for, making a paycheck you know it's like that that's just that's that would be uh hypocritical and bullshit of me to judge them for for trying to make some money you know that's what they're doing and they're doing a good job here's what gets me about people that say that you know they ruined boxing
0: they have not seen david arquette and wcw okay so (laughs) when you see that (laughs) come back to me and tell me about a person that didn't even try and it ruined right a certain genre of business because at least they're actually <laughs> <laughs> they got the look they, they know moves david arquette just went and, somebody and was the world champion which a bunch of bullshit you ask me I, yeah. I hated that aspect but you can't hate on the paul brothers for that
1: no and also it's kind of stupid because it's like man boxing now boxing's huge globally but boxing in this country very few people yeah, watch it. Follow boxing. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what, what do you mean? Ruin boxing boxing in the United States has been ruined for 50 years. No one's watching it. You know, like I'll watch a big, I'll watch like Tyson Fury or something like that. But like, for the most part, people have moved over to UFC, like boxing. It, this idea that they've ruined boxing is like, man, Muhammad Ali, uh, put on an, was putting on exhibitions against like uh, a Japanese wrestler, you know, now it would be 50 years ago. Like this has always been a part of boxing, right. like spectacles. Right. So don't, you know uh, you know, this is not, it's not anything new. Yeah. Did you see where, I think it was the one that just fought
0: uh Mayweather called out Conor McGregor in an MMA fight. Now here, this is where yeah. I'm going to get, I'm going to get pissed if, It lasts all five rounds and Conor McGregor doesn't piece that guy. Listen, that's where I'm really going to get irritated because then I'm going to have the conspiracy theory that it's rigged.
1: (laughs) Well, it, if, if, if either of them fight a high level MMA guy and they're not submitted in the first round, (laughs) I, I, I will think it's rigged because it's just such a different game where yeah. Look, boxing, if you have a good chin and you're fighting a guy a little smaller than you, it's like boxing. There's only one way out. Right. Knockout, you know, but but MMA, if if those guys haven't been training jujitsu or training some sort of Russian sambo or some kind of grappling art form, they're just not going to have submission defenses. They won't fucking know how to do it. And it'll be so easy for for any, you know, mid level or above MMA guy to, to submit them. It was, it'll be like cake, you know? Their, their only hope, their only hope will be to knock them out before they even get close. Because as soon as it goes to the ground, they're finished. Like, uh, that, yeah. that would be my take on it. And I would agree with you. If, it, if if one of the Paul brothers fought Conor McGregor, who's not even necessarily at the top of his game anymore, still a devastating fighter, but mm. and it went five rounds... I would also say this is bullshit there's no way there's no way that he wouldn't easily choke him out easily, easily. put him in because he could put him in some basic something he could just put him in an arm bar and like that those guys depending on you just can't learn that in 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 a year you know you can't learn those defenses in a year so um but uh you know they he boxed one of them boxed. Ben Askren, who's a uh, yeah. who, uh, uh, who's a uh, MMA guy, but it was a boxing right. match, so right, a little different. I would pay good money
0: to see Jay Leno try to protect herself in a boxing match. I would pay good money for that man. Wait, Jay Leno? Or I would pay money to see Jay, you... Jay Leno because that dude, you know how hard it is to protect your chin, and that guy's got a big chin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dude, Jay Leno. Jay Leno's like 70 now. I Casey, wouldn't even be worried about his chin.
0: <laughs> Casey Neistat would be a perfect opponent in boxing because he would be able to protect himself. He doesn't really have a chin. It's very small. Yeah. But that would be yeah. – I would pay big money to see Jay Leno in a boxing match to see how that chin's <laughs> going to get in the way. Yeah. I bet he steps over that in bed every night. You know, it's appropriate.
1: Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, you got the chin.
0: Well, look, man, as we uh, kind of wind down here, I, I don't know how short you are on time, but we've been going for an hour. Um, I'm going to talk about your podcast. It's called the, I got it written down, Rad Cast Podcast. That's a tongue twister. Yeah, it's, itself.
1: so it's over, man. It's just called the Rad Dude Cast. Sometimes they, we people had okay. podcasts, but okay. it's over. It ended last month. Um, oh, really? So you're great. not doing it no more? No, we, oh, we okay. all mutually, so it was uh, myself and two phenomenal comedians, Anthony DeVito and Greg Stone. And uh, we did it for eight eight years, I think, wow. and, and uh, just had a blast. And it got to the point where I think um, we all just kind of were, were ready to be working on other stuff. And um, so if, if you are interested in checking out the Rad Ducast, um, what happened is, Greg has a podcast called Friday Night Greg. He took over our RSS feed. So if you subscribe to Friday Night Greg, you can okay. listen to all the old rad dude casts. But um, I mean, there's so many because we've done so many Patreon episodes and we're doing it for guys, eight did, years. I mean,
0: did, how, how how was that? Was that a big success podcast? Because uh, again, I'm, I, I uh, didn't know it was alive for eight years.
1: Yeah, for what it was it was very successful. And what it was, was uh, three comedians who weren't famous, and we almost never had guests on. And you know, a lot of the a big key to growth in podcasting is having guests on your guests then share the podcast or whatever. So for what it was, yeah, it got pretty big. You know, it was, I would call it like in the scheme of podcasting, I would call it a mid-level podcast. You know, we we were all making money. We were all making money off it, like decent money every month. So, you know, I guess that that is kind of rare for podcasts anyway. But um, yeah, we just it was cool because we walked away like there was no animosity, nothing. We were all kind of just like, yeah, it's project seems to have run its course like we're kind of ready to move on to some other things and I'm starting a podcast that, uh, cause I've had a lot of mental health issues and, uh, I'm starting a kind of mental health, uh, uh, sort of, um, comedic mental health podcast called ship brains. Uh, that's going to come out sometime in July. Uh, it's been cool. So we we we've been already recording. We had uh, Jeff die on there. He was great. Uh, Noah garden Schwartz, a couple other people. So, Yeah, if you want to check that out, that'll be out uh, probably mid-July is when we're going to launch. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to kind of move on to my next thing, you know. I would love to have you on again and we talk mental health because I, too, I suffer from bad
0: anxiety, bad depression, bad OCD, bad germophobia. And so I think that would be a great chat we could have on mental health um also
1: anytime man yeah i mean you just described me to a t except for the germophobia but i mean that's all the things (laughs) i struggle with too so you know uh, anxiety depression ocd so um yeah man i I, i'm very i'm an open book about that stuff so last couple of questions i got for you
0: first question is are lunch bowls really a meal? (laughs)
1: <laughs> so that <laughs> that joke man that's a that's probably my most the joke people know me for most i have a lunchables joke and it's funny because since i wrote that the the, the i mean you can look up the joke but it, to explain it in a way that's not funny uh <laughs> like the joke is basically that lunchables are not lunch like it's just some crackers and wet meat discs you know but it's funny because since i've written that joke Sometimes in the grocery store, like I'll go look at Lunchables, you know, and they've changed, they've way changed. They have since changed, I was a kid. dude. It's crazy. It like sandwiches, like big old packs and stuff. So it's, <laughs> but people, people still like the joke because they, they, they remember the, they remember the Lunchables uh, from when they were kids, you know. But no, I agree though, because when we were little, Lunchables were the crap, dude. Lunchables
0: were like, if you didn't have a Lunchable, because I used to always have like the off brand Lunchable, it'd be like a uh, monthful, something like that. You'd get from like the the cheap brand. (laughs) You get the cheap brand. And those things were the bomb. But now I had one maybe last year. Dude, that thing is terrible. Like, it's not even, I don't even know how we enjoyed that stuff. Like, it's like a.
1: Well, kids, they don't know. Kids eat anything. It's like, it's like
0: an idiot when you're a kid. Oh, I mean, a cracker is like a communion cracker with the pizza. You
1: know, it's it's it's, it's freaking nuts, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, I say that communion wafer thing in my joke because it's oh yeah, it's, okay. it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Um, uh yeah, I that that joke's funny. It's funny what happens to comedians sometimes because like. I guess, you know, I'm not famous, but that people t- t- tend to know that joke sometimes. Cause it's, that joke has probably gone, gone a little bit more viral than anything I've ever done. And, uh, so like, I'm kind of sick of telling that joke, but like people get a little disappointed at a show if I don't tell it, right. you know, that's so, kind of like, like it's I- kind of like, um, Burt Kreischer,
0: which is one of my all time favorite comedians. And he's like, um. He's like, I will tell the 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 machine story. I will tell whatever story you want to. Just let me get through this hour first.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I always feel for Bert because like so if for those of you guys that don't know Bert's um work, he basically has the funniest comedic story I think that I that I've of all time. Of all
0: time. Right.
1: I, I think of all time. It's called the machine. And um I feel for him because like you said, like everyone wants the machine and, and it's like, and it's long. It's not like my Lunchables joke. It's It's like 15 minutes. It's like 15 (laughs) minutes. And it's like, I just feel for Bert because I know he's got to be going through it where he's like, fuck, I don't want to tell the machine every night, but Bert's like the nicest guy in the world. So he's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I met Bert Uh, uh, years ago, years ago, I opened for Bert and this was before this was before he was a headliner and he was like known but this was before he was like he had he had kind of cracked through to the big time and uh he was so nice and then Bert did a thing that just like this is when you know somebody is like a good guy man like so a couple months ago and Bert didn't he didn't remember that I had opened for him years ago, which I wouldn't expect him to, you know, it's like the guys probably had. Yeah. Yeah. 2,000 comedians open for him in between the time. But, um, uh, a couple months ago, comedy central just threw up a clip, uh, an old clip of mine from Adam divine mm-hmm. and Bert messaged me and just out of the blue. And was like, Hey dude, just watch that clip. Super funny. And it was like, what a to go oh, out of his way to, to go out of his way to message that to a comedian. He doesn't know because I think he realizes like that's going to make my fucking that's going to mean so much to me, you know, like and he knows that and it's just like. What he knows you're going to screenshot
0: it. You're going to post it and be like, look at
1: this shit that just happened. Well, no, I mean, I didn't even do that because I was like, oh, okay. okay, if he's messaging me, I'm not going to, I don't want right. to like, you don't scare I don't want to put his shit out right. there publicly, right. you know? Yeah. But I was just yeah. like, I was just, I just wrote him back and I was like, dude, this, mean, this means so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's just like when somebody does something like that, it's like, oh man, you're, you're a good dude. Cause like a lot of people might even see your shit. But be like, ah, I'm not going to take the time and like it and be like, I'm not going to take the time to message. And for a guy like that to actually watch my joke and send me a message, it's like, dude, you're what a solid, nice person.
0: I just think he likes comedy in general. It doesn't matter who it is or how big they are. Because yeah, I just yeah. find that in his personality. Tom yeah. as oh, well. Yeah.
1: yeah, Tom too, man. Uh, both both, just great, great, great comedians. I don't know Tom, so I. Who are it some? Like who are this nice
0: guy? Who are some others that you've opened up for along that Bert pressure line?
1: Um, let's see. The 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 <laughs> biggest crowds I've ever played were opening for I uh, 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 opening for Bob Saget. Oh my um, god. And uh, and he was awesome because he um, he's not he kind of is very like um, he knows what he's doing like his comedy is not exactly great you know but like he basically is pretty upfront with being like hey these people they just want to come see Danny Tanner be filthy that like is a hundred percent. That's 100% yeah. right
0: because I was trying to watch uh 30 to 60 or whatever whatever his new special is and I was like yeah this is kind of not funny but you kind of have yeah. to laugh because of who it is. Right.
1: <laughs> right and he and uh, the fact that he was a aw- he's aware of that and not under some delusion and, and it's like character. I think at one time I think I think before Full House from what I've heard he was an amazing comic and I think He just doesn't have the time anymore to really put, you know, effort into developing his act. And dude, he could not have been nicer to me. He was just such a great guy. And uh, I opened, uh, I opened for, for a time I opened for uh, Colin Jost from SNL. Wow. uh, The weekend update guy.
0: I do not not like Colin Jost. Let me tell you why.
1: Let me tell you why. He took my woman away from me. (laughs) He took <laughs> you, you were in the running like, oh, You were in the running on that I one I was top tier man She was like it's between uh, you
0: and college host Who's it going to be <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah and dude he was Just yep. so nice I've heard great like, stories he would, about him Dude so I would open for him And I would get paid by the club you know I wouldn't get yep. paid by him Because he was doing clubs at the right, time Right 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 And then uh, And then the Monday after we worked together, every time he would just Venmo me a lot of money. Like, and it was like, I think, you know, he knew, okay, they don't pay the middle act that much. Um, and he's rich, he doesn't care. And so like the amount of money he was giving me extra as a bonus, probably didn't matter much to him, but he knew it would change my next five months in New York, you know? What do you mean? So what like-
0: when you say he's rich, he's made that much money from Saturday Night Live.
1: Well, you have to remember that guy's been at SNL since he was 22, so he's only been on air for the last. Right, like, he's, he's um, been
0: behind the scenes, right? But
1: but he's been writing there since he was 22, and okay. writers make a that. lot of money. I didn't
0: and know then that. he's
1: been a he was the head writer for like oh, okay. I think a bunch of years before he got on Weekend Update. So. And writers make a lot of money, you know, so, you know, and it, what a lot of people don't know about Colin Jost is there's very few, uh, we were talking about this, there's very few, if anyone that has ever been at SNL longer than him, because the show's only been on for what they just had their 40th anniversary yeah. uh, a few years back, and he's been there from the time he was 22, and he's now I, I I think he's probably like 38, 39. So he's been there for for 17 years out of uh 17 years out of 45 years or however long they've been on. There's really no one that's been at the show that long. Like maybe um, what's his name? Maybe uh well, I would Keenan. Say-
0: Yeah, that was that was that was what I was I was googling right now how long Kenan Thompson had been there because I was like, yeah, I think he's the longest running show member.
1: He he's by far the longest running cast member by far. But in terms of people that have actually worked for the show, whether it be writer or cast member, I think Joe might be longer than anyone, which is which is pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, he he was. I mean, it was just to do that to be like, because you know you don't expect you know, it is kind of a thing that happens sometimes where you open for a big guy and they give you a bonus, but like, you don't expect it, you know? No. And like, I didn't expect it at all from him. Cause he was just doing clubs at the time, not theaters. And so when he did that, it was just like, fuck man, thank you. Like the, you're, I really appreciate uh, your, your generosity. He's just a, a, a good man. His brother so. Casey does impractical jokers. I
0: think he's like a big producer mm-hmm. over there for those guys.
1: Yeah, he he, uh, he writes for them too and he um he I've seen he does he'll he used to do a little stand-up in New York. He did, improv he, he did and, um the impractical jokers came to New Orleans, they were doing their stand-up as the tenderloins, and I went yeah. and he was the opening act for them. Right, right. What was interesting about the impractical jokers, so when I first moved to New York there was this uh, stat Not there was this bar show on Staten Island and uh, you would take the ferry over you take the ferry over to Staten Island and then the bartender from the bar would pick you up and take you to the show right okay. and, uh, and the bartender was Sal and what was crazy Wow okay what was what was crazy is like most stand-ups, had no idea that he had this whole other life in a sketch and improv group. Like, I just thought he was the bartender. And then all of a sudden, Impractical Jokers blows up and you're like, fuck, that's the guy that gives you the ride to the Staten Island bar show. (laughs) And it was like, because he would never really, he didn't talk about it a lot. And so his friends knew and the comics that knew him well knew, but I had no idea. Like, I just thought he was a bartender, you know, like it was kind of wild when they, blew up and uh he was a he's a super sweet guy too those people those people are giant
0: now like it was a uh, huge i mean they're everywhere like you just like have you ever seen show practical jokers and you're just like are you kidding me and then it's you know we got this on going joke me and my brother we're big fans and the joke is there is no way they, these people are paid actors because there's there is no way these people do not know who these guys are if they have social well, media, YouTube, anything like that, there's, there's no way they know who they are.
1: Yeah. I bet it gets harder and harder to find things that work. What? I would tell you, I would tell you a thing I wrote, um, you know, as a comic, sometimes you pick up little writing gigs here and there, like, and I'm not, I'm not, I've never written for a show for a television show or anything like that. I'm not, really focused on on writing for other people uh, other than my own act but like uh, I'll take a writing job here and there and I had a I got a little writing gig um for uh Sony they were promoting a movie and somehow it was like a tie in with the NFL it was a dumbass thing they wanted me to write it was just some <laughs> stupid it was just some stupid prank like um this hidden camera prank and Basically, it started to go wrong. Like the the, the the NFL player that was in on it, who said he could get all his buddies to come to his hotel room for the prank to go down. Basically, his buddies were just like, dude, what are you talking about? Come down. You come down to the lobby. Why would we come to your room? Like it, the whole thing started to fall apart. And so I'm freaking out a little bit. Now, the hidden camera crew we had, Um, cause they were like top. it was a Sony thing. So they were like top hidden camera guys. So they had all worked on punked. They were all, um, like veterans of the camera crew from punked and they go, they were just cool as a cucumber and they see me freaking out. And one of the camera guy goes, dude, don't worry about it. He goes, every single prank on punked, we had to fake. He goes like pretty much 95% of the time it would start and the person, the celebrity would be like, this is punked. What are you talking about? And then we'd have to just be like, yes, it is. Let's just fake it. It'll be good for everyone's career. And they were like, everyone was faked. Cause it's like, wow. and I was like, "Oh," and and we ended up faking the prank for this thing. So it's like, it's not, it's not. And I'm not saying impractical jokers does that. I don't know if they do or not, but uh it's not it's certainly but, not unheard of in the industry but
0: here is where here's where i call their bluff because they're always like you know in new york that's such a that's such a big designated area there's there's so many people that don't know who we are but then it's like if they have social media i am sure they have passed you sure you may not know who they are if you don't watch the show but you kind of have an idea so it's not fake it's fake well, to a certain but- extent
1: but you have to, you have to like, yeah, I mean, and I, again, I don't know what they do and I don't know how much they fake or it's don't just fake. Me, it's just me but, saying. uh, but like, keep in mind, like you're thinking of guys like me and you, like my mom wouldn't have any fucking clue who any of those guys are. Probably. She wouldn't, Probably. she wouldn't recognize their face. She wouldn't know them, you know? So it's like, there's a lot of people out there who aren't as like connected to that world as you might think, who aren't, really on social media who aren't really you know and it's like you know finding those people might be becoming harder and harder for them I'm sure but uh but yeah I mean there there's definitely people that aren't like yeah I know for a fact neither of my parents would have a clue who who they are you know so like um there's people out there that aren't really tuned into that world you know like mm. Um, and and I, I mean, I, I I've also I, I've definitely dated people like my my own age, like before I was with with my lady that ha- <laughs> just were totally disconnected from the comedy world, like it would would really, not yeah. recognize them. And these are people that are I- in my age group that just, you know, don't watch that kind of TV and don't really yeah. follow anyone like that on social media. And and you just wouldn't really know, I guess. Last question. Because it dude. does seem crazy. It does seem crazy it to does. guys like me and you. Yeah. Um, but but there's there's people out there that, that are not as – they just don't know.
0: Last question. I'd like to go, Brendan. Favorite comedian of all time. You have to pick one. You can't just say, oh, ah, yeah. man. One. Mitch
1: Hedberg. Easy. Mitch Hedberg. Okay. Good pick. Uh, I, don't think, Hedberg, I don't think a lot of uh, people
0: would know who he is. But but for me, knowing that I'm a big comedy nerd, I, it's obvious I know who he is.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean so if you haven't watched Mitch Hedberg passed away. He was a one-liner guy. Um and I don't do one-liners, but his um I just uh man, I grew up watching him and uh I, I have I I have stage fright. He had stage fright um that really kind of um kind of uh um inspired me but like he just had these genius absurd one-liners which it's really not very close to the type of comedy I do but I just no one really no one ever to me no one was ever no one made me laugh like that and so if you're if you're a younger person listening to this show or someone who's not a big comedy person listening to the show and don't know Mitch Hedberg you're in for a treat He's got you know uh, a ton of work out there, even though he passed away. And I would listen to all of it if you if you like it. He's a very much he's very much either you like him or you hate him because some people will listen and immediately turn it off because they don't like sort of absurdist one-liners. But right. man, I just to me he was the best. So that's that's my that's my easy answer on that one. Cool man, look.
0: I appreciate you coming on my stupid show here. I know, I know, I'm not professional, but hey, at least I try. Um, I enjoyed the conversation. I think you're
1: very professional. I think, I did too, <laughs> man. I had a great time. I, I I would come back anytime, man, anytime.
0: Yeah, we need to I set really, up. I it. really
1: appreciate you having me.
0: Once this podcast, once your podcast comes out, and it's actually a few months down the line, we'll uh, get you back on, and we'll do a mental health episode because I'm very a lot of it, because I'm not very open about my depression. A lot, I kind of deny it, yeah, but I, I actually really do have it really bad and it's like don't really talk about that much but it's having not an expert but someone that has experienced the same things that i've experienced i think that's going to be a great uh, a great chat
1: yeah and it's i've been i'm lucky enough that i'm a comedian so i'm i'm afforded the availability to be as open as i want (laughs) about it you know like a a guy who works for a bank or some shit that you know i mean i think it's illegal to fire you but you might get passed over for that promotion if you start right. talking about being crazy, you know, whereas right. for me as a comedian, nobody cares, probably helps me if anything.
0: That's true, man. And it's crazy because we're going to get off another tangent, but I'll say this and we'll end it. But like you said, if you have it a bank tell, that may, you know, escort your job. And I think that's what's wrong with the world is like a lot of people don't come out and say you know i'm depressed i have anxiety because
1: they're scared of what how
0: the world is going to treat them
1: right exactly that's why i feel like um because i didn't talk about it for a while and then i realized like no man i'm lucky enough to have a job where it doesn't matter if i talk about it so i should take that opportunity to talk about it so that maybe the people who who don't have a job where they can be open about it can at right. least relate or be like, ah, here's a guy who's going through some of the similar stuff, you know? And, uh, I yeah, I think it's important. I always, I always respect like when an athlete or a celebrity is kind of open about, about what they're going through and, and showing average people that it's like, yeah, man, if, if everyone, everyone deals with mental illness whether it's through a family member or a friend or themselves like it's not it's, it's it's very common you know it's not a something to be embarrassed about or to hide from or talking about
0: brendan i appreciate it again um let's let's do this again sometime
1: yeah anytime man thank you thanks dude have a good one you too all right bye
0: excuse me She's been like crying for hours. Sorry, but this is a group for new mothers.
1: On that sign out there, it says parents. I'm a parent and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Girls got some stuff flying out of ass, and she can either hit you with a streamer or she'll buckshot
0: you. It's a quick whop. I need help. Okay. I'm reviewing the movie Fatherhood, which is a new Kevin Hart Netflix collaboration. And it's I don't is this the first? Netflix movie with Kevin Hart because I know he did some stand-up some stand-up specials. Anyways, I don't know. But so this movie is about a man who has to end up raising his infant daughter alone because his wife dies two two or three days after childbirth. Um I I've seen every movie with Kevin Hart. I will continue to see every movie with Kevin Hart. I don't really know how to start this movie. Um, the review, it's very emotional, it's very it's very sad, it's very drama. It's it's funny. I don't necessarily think they should have kept. You guys know how I am. I don't think there should have been as much comedy as there was in the movie. I think it should have just been, you know, a couple spots here and there to relieve the 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 tension and the drama of it and the, and the seriousness of it. But they actually went into a lot of comedy along the way. And actually, I thought they were going to I thought they were going to to take the, the, the girl and you know, age her every every, you know, every 20 minutes is a different age. But I was I was wrong with that and I'm not spoiling anything by saying that. It's just it's, she's strictly a, a little girl the whole time instead of like I thought fatherhood. See, they tricked us with it because, but you know what? Even if they didn't do the movie how I thought it—not how I thought it should be done, but how I thought it was going to happen—the movie was really, really, really good overall. And it got me a couple of times. I—I I don't have a kid, but the movie makes you feel like you do, and it takes you through a struggle. And this is a true story. Um, and I want to—I want to get the book. I want to read this. This. This guy's story you know with Kevin Hart I always wanted it to be I will always want people to change the genre like if we're used to seeing them in an action comedy or just a comedy let's move it let's put it in a strictly drama or a strictly whatever horror film no comedy and let's see what they do he already showed us with The Upside that he can do a drama. But I think this movie is slightly better than The Upside. As well as Dwayne Johnson. I want this to happen to Dwayne Johnson. I'm tired of seeing the Dwayne Johnson superhero, big muscular action movies. I'm tired of seeing that, honestly. Uh, I want to see Dwayne Johnson in a just a strong, edgy drama. Sure, you can say *Gridiron Gang, but not like that. I don't want football. I, I want something like this fatherhood movie where it's a guy struggling. He can't seem to get it right. He's depressed. He needs therapy. And this movie was great. It had a little real Howry in it and it and <laughs> Kevin Hart. It was just it was a great movie. Um easily a four four and a half out of five. That's probably rating a little bit high. But four and a half out of five is a really good start for the fatherhood movie. Um, I could see a second one possibility happening there just because not how they ended it they didn't no spoiler but they didn't end it any way that's you know leading up to a second one but how the time stamps are I could see it moving to a second one kind of like father of the bride you know type of situation so that's my review on fatherhood from Kevin Hart I think you should see it but I also think you should bring tissues and be prepared to be in an emotional Mood after watching this movie. It, it it requires a lot of grit to watch this movie because it really is, especially here um the weekend of Father's Day. That they they, they they picked the perfect time to release this movie. So Kevin Hart, Fatherhood, Netflix, two thumbs up, a four and a half. Four. Listen to me, a four and a half, two thumbs up, and a four and a half out of five. Appreciate you guys listening. Enjoy, and as always, frown and, and we'll see you guys next week.